G'day freaks and welcome to another edition of Stacks Podcast. Now a little bit about this week's guest. We've got a uh, fellow in here by the name of Mr. Peter Ashton, very good friend of mine, has been around the Perth music scene for quite many years, a few years or many years, I don't know, whatever I'm trying to say, but there's uh, some, some things underlying with musicians that I love to get into and it's not just talking about the music. It seems to me that every musician has an underlying passion or an underlying thesis of some sort on whether it be life, on whether it's mobile phones, conspiracy theories, you name it. Everyone has got something going on in their life that they truly believe, and that is what we're trying to do here at Stax. Now, Pete also played in a band called Parker Avenue, which uh, graced a lot of the stages around here in Perth. You may have seen him once or twice if you've been out. Really, uh, a really cool guy. Always fun can always manage to ring Pete up any time of the night and say, buddy, let's have a beer, come on over. Without any further ado, make him very welcome, podcast people, to Mr. Peter Ashton. like a there's a crowd in here yeah cheering us on yeah there was there was uh there how much was, did that cost oh see an audience we've got a big budget now that we're on itunes we're uh our budget's flowing in. oh flowing in you got no idea you got <laughs> no idea awesome. Pete, what's been happening uh uh the rock garage christmas party was last night yeah, it was, was a bit of fun <laughs> it was a bit of fun we hence, uh hence why we're here we uh we're we're still we're still here <laughs> Nicely gave me a lift back in. So yeah, yeah, we very yeah. much appreciated. Now we're drinking coffee with foam on top. Instant, I might add. I don't know how she does it. Your PA. That's a lot of foam. <laughs> My PA, she's a gem. She's great. Special K. Now that you're into the iTunes, the money's flowing in. You can afford PAs. I can. Oh no. And not just the other kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's been happening, you Pete? Wait. You wandered in here last night with a very interesting character who I will endeavour to get on the podcast as well, young Vic from, uh, from oh, Brazil. You've got yourself a new drummer. Brazil. I have. And who'd have known, who'd have thunk it that he'd have a metal, he's a, he's a metal drummer, big metal background, played in a band called Lacerated and Carbonized. It still does. Yep. But uh, they, uh, he chose to move here. Was that um, so? That's lacerated and carbonized. Yes, fully <laughs> brutalized, satanized, and everything, all the above. Yep. But he moved over here about six months ago, and yeah, he answered one of my ads looking for a drummer, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get him on here. I'm sure he's got some interesting stuff to talk about, especially in the Brazilian metal scene. I'm sure he's uh, they're quite heavily involved over there. So yeah, they've been touring for a few years. They've been to Russia. Uh, Europe, I believe, and quite a lot of the South Americas. Yeah, he's he's like a full-on pro touring muso. Yeah, they've been doing it for like seven, six years now, or something. Was he? He's twenty-five, seven, seven years. And then uh, you've managed to to nab him. I have because since he moved to Australia, um, those obviously his band's back in Brazil, and he's trying to get him over, but. Uh, <laughs> So we can have some more expats here. I don't know if that's the right term, but um, 
Yeah, but they're they're considering there's a bit of trouble in Brazil. It's it's been getting a lot worse apparently. I think it's uh, they're losing all their UFC champions. <laughs> I think that's what it is. The uh, and I believe Jose Aldo fought last night. So yeah, look, might be another one down, mm. but I don't want to know the result. <laughs> I'm going to wait till Fight Pass comes out, and I'm going to check it out for all you fight fans out there. I'm hanging out for that one, so I don't want to know who won between McGregor and Aldo, but I yeah. so don't call in. Don't call in. Not yet. On our big budget. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so on a local scene, Pete, what's happening musically? You're, um, you've got a new name band and you're out doing a few things now? Well, Parker Avenue is the band that I started when I first moved here from Melbourne in 2008 with some good mates from over there um and that's but we've just been going around the wilderness and the metro playing covers and um rocking around and then when it came time for me to write a few originals which has always been something i've wanted to do for since i was first listened to metallica when i was like what 15 food fighters and the rest of it silverchair um i just uh, put in some influences there just just if you're listening, um, and it got to a point where we, I started writing originals and I hate coming up with band names. So <laughs> in the end, after hours of screwing around, I just go, you know what? I'm just going to take the Parker Avenue name and I'll change the cover band's name later to identify between each, you know, you can't rock up to a Parker Avenue gig and expect covers anymore. It's, it's purely a name I'm going to use for the originals, and now we've just come up with a name for the cover band side of things, which is Goodstock. What do you think of that? Did I tell you that? I think yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Goodstock. Yeah. Is it is it's it a, a gag? Is it a reference to Woodstock at all? It is, and that, I'm glad people think about that straight off because yep. that's already a, a nice little referral. And then secondly, Goodstock is like, I got the idea from my cousin who, uh, you know, after many beers, he. We were talking about, I don't know, me and my brother and how, um, oh, I can't remember the, the story, but he's like, you know what? You guys are from good stock, so I wouldn't worry about that. I can't remember what we we're talking about. And that that's, made me think, hmm, that's actually not a bad, bad name. Because like, we're from good stock. You can feel like a, I don't know, I think about um, like a cow getting branded. <laughs> you brand a cow and it's like, we're good stock. It's something you'd see on like a meat package or something. Not that we're trying to... You know, be related to meat. I see a flower with it every time I see good stock. I just see like a yeah, like right. a like a um, what are those yellow ones? Um, the the way they he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, <laughs> he loves me not. Yeah. <laughs> you know those sunflower, whatever they call it. Oh, no, nah, not a sun. Yeah. The per, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, I just see good stock in a in a certain. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because when I see band names, like I've seen lacerated and carbonated, I would have oh carbonized. Sorry, I would have. You see it in a font that's like got points. <laughs> it's like every metal band. Like every logo. metal. You know that they they say about metal bands. Every good death metal band is uh, you measure it on whether or not you can read <laughs> the, the logo of the band. If, if twenty can, twenty vision. Yeah, if you can't decipher what it actually says, they're pretty. They, they're pretty sick. They're pretty sick. Yeah. The sicker, the harder to read, the sicker they are. The sicker they are. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I don't see like you wouldn't have. Good stock, kind of in those pointy sort no, of fonts, no but points. I'm seeing like a nice, yeah, like couple a, of flowers, yeah, yeah. I think a, a loose branding, but that 
it may not work. It might kind of relate us too much to branding cows and meat, which I don't really <laughs> want to be related to. How did you get that affiliation? I don't know. Are you a vegan? Good stock. Pete? You do eat meat? No, I, I eat meat. I, you know, promote the eating of carnivores. I mean herbivores. Don't yep. eat carnivores. Don't eat carnivores. Yeah, I just learned that the other day. Why is that? Um, because I bought a chili plant, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, I this is oh, oh, I'm yeah. probably oh, putting myself in a I big can hole see, here. I can see how that came came. <laughs> Don't eat. I'll, I'll get somewhere with this. <laughs> bought a chili plant, and I read the instructions. Going okay, you got to put manure in this to help it. You know, once you repot it and you know get it to grow properly. I um, <laughs> came home. I, I repotted it when I had a moment the next morning. <coughs> um, put some like potting mix and stuff and you know, whatever I had lying around, give it a good water. And it was, yeah, it, it, the next few days you could see it was clearly struggling a bit. So uh, I thought, you know what, I should probably get some meal going. I went in and asked my uh, girlfriend, um, Hey, uh, you know, because do you have any manure lying around by any chance? Because it's kind of going to help my chili plant. Um, she said, no, nah, I used it all. Do you reckon our neighbours would? And neighbour Kathy? Uh, no, no, I don't think. You should. You could ask. And then I thought, you know, my classic workaround type mind. Um, do you reckon I could, because we've got a hell of a lot of cats. Do you reckon I could use cat shit? And she's like, you... Idiot. Right, this is from my girlfriend. You can't use a carnivore's e excrement as manure. He's, yeah, I don't have a thesis in manure, but apparently manure is made up of herbivore's excrement, and there's a reason for that so that it's a, you don't get all this... Oh, I don't know what it is, but so it made what, a whole so, lot of so sense. So what you're saying is you, you, <clears throat> like a herbivore eats grass... And vegetation and all that stuff. And then puts it back into the grass. So we're talking about yeah, and when we you, break everything down into whether it be an enzyme breakdown or, or on a molecular level. We're going to have to look Google oh, this. Oh, yeah. Are we, really are we keeping it? Are we keeping it? Keep it real. It's kind of like cannibalism in a very far off third person yeah, but manner. I, okay, you got me thinking. You can't eat a plant that's been grown in carnivore shit. Manure is only from herbivores. And once she said that, it meant, ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And she's just shaking my well, head Well, suppose at me. you think about it like um, meat, like people people generally fart when they eat a lot of meat. Yeah. Right? So therefore it must have a high amount of something in it for all you scientists the, out there. The, what's the? Proteins. Proteins and, oh, what's that? For, starts with F. The, the element, not the element, the, oh. I don't think it's... I'll come up, I'll think about it. Yep. But it makes you fart, so therefore it's obviously got a different... Like if you eat garden salad, you don't find yourself letting them rip off, yeah. you know, having, having a lot of garden it's salad. It's more of a cleansing type food to eat. So it must have something in it. So therefore it, it might have like higher rates of... Or less rates of nitrogen or something like that. That's what I was thinking. It doesn't start with F. Nitrogen. Nitrogen, yeah. Because yeah. that's in a lot of stuff. It's one of the third most abundant elements in the entire universe or something, but... Nitrogen? Or was that helium? I don't know. Scientists, don't call in. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably have that wrong. But anyway, it's in the top five, top six maybe. So we're getting we're getting back to the... Uh, the manure, the chili plant, yeah. carnivores. Where are we going with this? We're talking about metal bands. Good stock, manure. And we, we ended up talking about shit. Oh, 
Are we going to have to rewind this to find out where we? No, no, we just keep where we're at. I keep, lost my train of thought. Keep walking forward. Keep pushing forward. Progress. It's all about progress. So, herbivores. I feel like jamming, but I've got nowhere to jam. My neighbors think I'm a dickhead because I'm noisy. I play my guitar and I get the phone call. This is the police. You need to shut down your shit. So where will I go? Where will you go? Where will I go? Where will you jam? We can jam at the rock garage. 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 Come on down to the rock garage. Let's go to the rock garage. Come on down to the rock garage. Let's go to the rock garage. Come on down to the rock garage. And you can jam for 60 bucks. Gets you a room. 60 bucks. Gets you a room. Gets you a room. Get a room. And you can jam nice and loud without pissing off your neighbors. Jam nice and loud, piss off neighbors. You can jam all night long without ruining your relationship with your neighbors. With your neighbors. So come on down to the rock garage. Uh, Unit 424, Mercer Lane, Joondala. The rock garage. Be there. Hawking's essential. Or you'll be somewhere else. 0477-471-917 That number again. 0477-471-917 The Rock Garage! The Rock Very interesting, Pete. Yes. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Sorry about that, we just had a small break. <laughs> I think it lasted for an hour. <laughs> and Pete's back. And uh, yeah, we were talking about like poo. Well, not really poo. Yeah. Well, it was poo, really. Well, that you can't make compost, no, manure out of carnivores. Hmm. And we got onto that from Victor, who's my new Brazilian metal drummer, who is doing a very good job, mind you, of getting into the rock type style drumming and swing. And yeah. Because I think there's a massive difference between metal and rock and roll even though most people wouldn't think there's any difference metal drummers and metal guitarists and metal singers are all about extreme and hard and loud and right now bang every single note's got to be fucking loud and compressed can i swear yeah yeah we encourage it <laughs> oh good i'll drop some more f-bombs in this half of the episode f-bombs brought to you by, by tracks tracks no no What's it soon? Stacks. Stacks podcast. Mm. Tracks is and the rock garage. Magazine. Yeah. And the rock garage. So, um, so Victor and metal bands. And yes. Yes. Well, so, we've covered all that. Yeah. But we were actually having a chat about something earlier, which I found very interesting. Mm. Conversation that we that? had about, well, money was the one that we were having a little. Money. We're yeah. all slaves to money. We're having a good chat about that. Now, I'm a slave to money. Before. I settled down and, you know, had the wife and the house and all the things that we've got in life that just seems to be the norm. You lived in a van? Well, I'd lived in a Land Rover, travelling around Australia in a camo Land Rover doing comedy. And your bed partner was your... Was me. ...acoustic guitar. Was my acoustic guitar. Yeah, right. And my humorous thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Would keep you warm at night. (laughs) It did. 
It did. So, yeah, like, so I'd travel around Australia playing uh, my Buffhead shows, just pulling up to little towns and basically just throwing the arm out, just saying, look, is there a chance I can do a comedy show here on Wednesday night? Um, I'll just take the door. I'd go around and put some posters out in town, walk to the local butcher or the shop and... They would have loved that. Just having a yarn, you know what I mean? Just having a yarn, saying, oh, get a yeah, going here. Look, I'm, my name's Buffhead. I'm... Uh, I'm a comedian, I'm, I'm doing a show here on Wednesday night. What do you, do you, have you heard of Kevin Bloody Wilson or Rod Rude and all those guys? Like, yeah, so I'm a bit like those fellas. Did that work, a tree? Absolutely, absolutely. Better because better would up there, putting self-promotion. A, putting a poster up in, in, a, in a town or anywhere and just relying on people. Yeah, to that, see it and go, oh, well, haven't heard of them. Well, getting going. onto promotion, that's where a lot of things go wrong, is that people will go, okay, we've put it, we've put it in the paper, why didn't anyone turn up? Mm. Well, how many people read the paper then... How many people look at it in the paper and go, well, I'm going to go to that? Or that are actually gig goers or show goers that look in the paper for shows to go to. That's right. And even if they would, those type people would probably not go to something that they've never heard the name of before. So you've got a thing called inactive and proactive advertising. Oh, no, yeah. So if you're, if you're proactive, you're out on the front foot, you get there a few days earlier... There's a, there's a comedian which some of the listeners may have heard of called, uh, he's got Gary the Goat, uh, I can't believe, oh shit, his name's for escaping me. Google? Nah, I don't even have to, it'll come to me. Jimbo. Jimbo. Jimbo is a comedian which, he does the same thing, travels around Australia in a van, he's got a goat called Gary that he travels around, and he's gone international, <laughs> he's, he's appeared on Tosho, um, he's appeared on, uh, yeah, Daniel Tosh's uh, TV program Tosh Point oh, A goat Gary the goat him out of van and uh, I don't I really don't know how it works how where the goat I think the goat sits on the front seat of his really? van with him it doesn't eat his apostrophe apostrophe well I think he's got a like a little uh, like a little sulky cart that he, he hooks up to the goat and that's what he travels around town on but he promotes his com- comedy show coming up that's an eye catcher with a goat. It, it is. It's yeah, and he walks around and, and like he'll go to the pub with Gary the goat and have a beer, and the goat will sit there and just down a pint. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's awesome. And then get the munchies probably. And he, you know, like he's sort of I'll always have a steak. Like, I'll have a steak. <laughs> How's the steak? Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So you know what I mean? Like it's, it's sort of, it's great promotion because you're out on the front foot. So, so yeah. what I do is I'd, I'd go around towns and I'd, I'd sort of say you know look I'll, I'll do this comedy show people would say oh, are you funny oh, the, f- you the f- big yeah are you funny was the biggest one I've got yeah and I'd just come back and say nah mate I'm shit ass <laughs> it's, it's half but a gag a, but yeah. people are going actually I like this bloke yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I because mean? yeah. you, you're sort of you're taking the piss you're out of yourself it, yeah. straight away which is help. you know they say self deprecation is not really a form of humour but if you do it right yeah. I mean I crack on about you know carry yeah. a few kilos and and stuff like, you know, like I, I didn't get on The Biggest Loser, so how big of a loser am I? So I'm having to stab at myself for being chunky. But <laughs> but people love that because I've had people come up to me and go, mate, oh, like, are, you, are you all right? If you need someone to talk to, we're here for you. You know, <laughs> thinking that I'm actually, they don't get the point that I'm, I'm taking the I'm really? having fun with it. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm very, I'm very okay with myself. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with the way I am. I'm not... You know what I mean? I've They're got, not psychiatrists I've got no trying to look ups. for new work, are they? No, nah, no hang-ups whatsoever. But people would sort of think, when I'm making jokes like the, like the whole Biggest Loser thing, people would come up and they'd be sort of, oh, mate, um, 
you know, you know, don't be so down on yourself and all yeah. that stuff. And I'm, I can relate. Where I crack know? up thinking you you just didn't get yeah. that whole show, <laughs> did you? You just well, maybe they're just psychologists trying to drum up more work, or just just dumb fucks. <laughs> all that, all that. Okay. But anyway, we're getting off topic. But Speaking of goats, just yeah. as a side note, yep. My we ha- I have this running joke with my cousin. Um, I bought him a rabbit when I first came over to Perth because they lost their family lost their loved much loved rabbit thump no it wasn't thumper the one I bought them was called thumper um, a Norwegian dwarf which is the smallest kind of rabbit you know, one domesticated rabbit you can get I bought them this rabbit and then after that my my cousin was furious about that you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at him but he hated the rabbit and he couldn't wait till it died and got out of their family it's like this love-hate thing going on. Because it used to just cause trouble. All the kids loved it, but he kind of had to deal with all the shit it wrecked and everything. Anyway, so the running gag after that was we had a few beers one night and he says, mate, I'm, you just you wait. I'm going to buy you a goat and see how you deal with that. Because I bought him a rabbit. He wasn't happy about that because it used to eat the drawers and you know piss all over the carpet and stuff. And he said to me, look, I'm going to get you a goat that's going to pay you back. And I'm not going to let you know when or how, and you have to keep it. So this is his long-running gag. Every time I saw, every so often, he brings up, mate, don't you think I haven't forgot? You'll get the goat. Every time we talk about the rabbit in his land room. So go on, sorry. That was just a side goat topic. No, no. That's... It reminded me of goats. Well, so hence so... why I'm interested. But, yeah, but did he ever get you the goat? Not yet. It's still looming. And that's why I'm asking so much about um, what's his comedian's name's goat? Jimbo. Jimbo's goat. Because Gary, I want to yeah. know how hard it is to deal with a goat. Because I may have to deal with a goat <laughs> soon enough. I need to know. Does it, is it true? Do they eat your t-shirts off the line? Do they... Well, my brother's got a couple of goats. He's got a property. Yeah, well, he's got all this grass and pastures that... Well, you know, they, they used into. to be grass. Now it's just sand. No, this is what I need to know. <laughs> so I need to keep a really good, nice garden so it doesn't start munching on... I don't know, the fence. <laughs> no, I think... It's not as hard as it might people make out. I don't think they eat fence. But they do. They do. They're pretty hardy. I guess that's why... They can eat a lot of stuff, apparently. Yeah. T-shirts, yeah. jumpers. Or is that a myth? It's an urban myth. Maybe. Goats eat your washing Maybe if there's do. nothing else to eat. I think I've, I've heard of it too, so... There's a bit of there's a bit of legs. There's I a need few a notepad. I didn't put all this stuff in... I've got to Google this. I need a Google list. The Google list of stuff. Stuff do that goats, I need to look up. Do goats eat to just t-shirts? Follow, to just follow up on... Is Jimbo my... the name of the comedian that has the goat? <laughs> Is this correct? Is this <laughs> correct? We'll find out later. Rebuttal <laughs> in court. Yeah. But what we're getting back to was... Comedian. We're we'll actually talking more about money and, and how... Money. How right. travelling around That's doing good. that. And I mean, I was living from town to town. Like, um, if I made $300... That night, and sold that thirty got tickets. You that that I lived quite well off that. Well, it just depends because I did have a habit of drinking that night with everyone that came to the show. And sometimes you got a few drinks free, sometimes not. Sometimes not. And then at the end of the oh. night, it's like ah, yeah, I was for your drinks, Bill. Uh, uh, you go, hang on, hey, hang on. I just How many tickets people to your party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three hundred bucks, mm. and what's the bill for the drinks? What four hundred and twelve dollars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, no worries. Did you get stung a bit by that? Oh, not really. I was talking way out about it. it. Yeah. yeah, look, I just got, oh, really? And then I go, oh, 
geez. And then I'd pull the old, oh, I don't know, can I do another show so I can get to the next town? And uh, There you go, you know what, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of made me think, okay, was my show shit? And they don't want to see another one. <laughs> <laughs> or you just wait until they change management and then you come back and go, I've played here before. Yeah. They, you know, but I loved people. it. I loved travelling around Australia and it was like just me, myself and I. And, and it was so free. And you know what? We sort of say, like, we don't want the, all the, the pressures of the world. And, and you do have pressures of having it. But, I mean, it is... I guess it boils down to what you want personally. And I enjoyed that. But I really love the situation I'm in. I love my wife to death. She's just such an amazing person. And, and I love the situation I'm in with her. And I wouldn't change it for the world. No. So, therefore, that's the sacrifice, I guess, you've got to make. you got to... Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, with that comes responsibility. And, yeah. That so. reminds me of a friend of mine, Jan. I've probably spoken to you about Jan a lot. Yeah. German dude who moved over here. He used to play with me in Parker Avenue for quite some time. Um, and then we used to trade off doing gigs in up north in Port Hedland where he was staying for a while. He went over to Phuket. And, but he did the whole travelling, uh, you know, living in the back of caravans when he can and out of his car. And if the gig put, up, put him up in accommodation, he used to do that. But, yeah, his next thing was to get, like, a, a land cruiser or a wagon to try and make it a little bit easier on him to be able to travel. and But he's now in Early Beach and he's doing pretty well. He's got his own apartment and stuff and, and he plays in all the local pubs quite a lot. So Not a comedian. He'd be at KC's quite a lot. We're going to have KC's. a guy on the podcast coming up later later on in the year uh, or early next year, I should say, um, who who plays that stomping ground quite a lot. Ah. So What's his name? Pop Standen. Ah, Mr. Yes. Standen. Mr. Standen. Yes. So, He'll uh, way back. Yeah, he'll talk about what it's like. He may have crossed paths with Jan. Maybe Jan's yeah. only been there for nine months. I don't know, almost a year now. It's really funny because when you speak to Jan, you do hear that German accent coming through. But when he sings, it's gone. It's just like this universal. And people think I've spoken to people. Actually, it's probably just my cousin and one of the friends that they're people. <laughs> they're people. We'll just refer to them as people. <laughs> person people. X, person Y. They say that. The accent that most singers use from like Western music, it always, Australian is the closest it sounds like. I'm not talking about ochre Australian, like, alright, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who, who put, you put a bit of an Australian accent in your, when you sing, but if you take away that accent, just pull it back a bit, everyone seems to sing in this universal accent they don't go yeah, full agree. on about their R's but I thought it sounded American yeah but he but maybe the Americans sound a lot like of us, Americans but yeah, yeah. But, that, but that's what we're getting at Americans and Australian like say pop stars and things well here's a good example they sound that. similar James Rain hmm. Australian as you get playing yeah. a band called Aussie Crawl yeah but when he sings he sounds he doesn't American sound, he doesn't have a full on Australian accent Going on oh, with the nasal or whatever it might be with the that that used to that actually makes me think about there's something that I'd like to talk about is appropriate accents for appropriate things. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just say right now that okay. South African accent is a really harsh. It's a harsh accent. You know what I mean? Like very <laughs> harsh. The meat of the butt. Bat. <laughs> What's his name? Twelfth man. Yeah. So it's a very it's a it's a harsh thing. Like the accent. But how accents can be like an American accent in singing's perfect, yeah. But a South African accent in something like porn would just not work. 
<laughs> Eagle love, please bend over now. Yes, I, I'm really going to ram you hard. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to plow you like it is no tomorrow. So hang back and pin your knees back. I'm about to plow you hard. You know, like a bow, wow, yeah. Take a it bow, wouldn't work. Wow. It wouldn't yeah. work. Yeah. It'd be different. It'd be a niche. Yeah, get It'd down on this up. baby and soak it till it's dry. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work, does it? Like it's uh nor with the Kiwi accent, I don't think. In porn? Yeah. Oh, oh bro, I smashed you. <laughs> it was awesome, bro. <laughs> hey. Oh. oh I'm not very good at this. Can you help me out with the Kiwi accent? I haven't done oh, a lot do, of that's more that's more of a that's more of a sort of a bro accent, but yeah. It is. Brad, Are you talking? Because the thing with the the Kiwi accent is that you've got sort of, as you go north around, like Auckland and stuff like that. There's one, but then as you go further south to Dunedin, they've got a because there's a lot of Scottish down that way. Yeah, right. And and the Maori mob will call them the Maori mob will fellas, which are all the white white guys, you know. But as you go down, you've got that sort of more for a Pucky accent, which is the. It's a very, uh, I, I can't even do that. I can do the bro because I've been around so many Maoris all my life, you know. Yeah. I can sort of pull their accent off a little bit. But the uh, the, the Pakia sort of Dunedin type, you know, uh, Christchurch type accent is that very, the one that people actually rip off, you know. They say with the, you know, like, oh, can I have fish and chops and six and oh, I'll have six, six pigs <laughs> or six, six pigs six. or fish and chops. You know, so... Which is the stereotypical thing that everyone says. Oh, One, two, three. And I can't handle hearing that. Count of six for us. When I hear Count. someone say, yeah, oh, you from New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Hey. Can I have some fosh on top? Like you go, uh, come yeah, on, man, come on, you'd have been that. <laughs> oh, right after I smashed it, bro, I went to the local fish and chip shop. It was, oh, what do they say? The, it was prize, eh? Hey? No, that's more of a... Oh, sweet, sweet ears, bro. Yeah, sweet ears. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh. <laughs> We've got to practice more. You do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's just some accents that just don't work for certain things. And and you know what? When I hear an Ocker Australian accent, I cringe. I just go mm, on that. Yeah. But my comedy's, based all all, my comedy's based all around it. But we all do, because that's our national mentality, is like the we tall poppy syndrome. We like to take ourselves down to another level. And I think that's related to our accent. We, when we hear another person's Aussie accent in, say, music, yep. like, say, even Carnival, I think um, Kenny puts on, just here and there, he puts on a little slight, and I think that's really great. Aussie hip-hop is another one that's huge in there. They really make it stand out. Well, there's a few like bands stamping that their really Australianism on. But there's a, well, this leads me on to one of my favourite local acts, which is a band called The Siren Tower. Ah, and if you've yes. heard those guys, Grant McCulloch, one of the best vocalists. I, I, yeah, I, I can't. I love him. Strong. I, looks I, like a bush ranger. Sounds like a bush <laughs> ranger. Looks like a bush. You know what? And it freaks me out because I've actually got a man crush on that band, and it's and it's obvious. Like I hang around him, and I'm like, oh. all of them, or just him? Oh, just the band in general. <laughs> just like, like, so like Cody group, Mark. Like, yeah. You know, like the the whole band. Yeah, I just, they're brilliant. I, they're I am. I'm in awe. And and if I could ever sort of say, if I could play in a band that would be like the perfect band for me, which I think we're we're awesome, it would be that they're just they blow yeah. me doors. But the thing is, they they're local. Like it's, when I was younger, I grew up absolutely fanatical on Alice in Chains. But as I've got older, your cha- your yeah, taste change and and you tend to yeah. appreciate other things. Yeah. Exactly. But these guys, if I had heard them and they were from Seattle or from Georgia or from from uh, the east coast of, of Canada, 
Well, they wouldn't sound like Bushrangers for a start. Well, they wouldn't. But the thing is, I would still listen to that music and go, I love these. Because there's a band called The Great Big Sea from, from Canada who I love. But... And I love them, and More I just love folky these. type rock. Yeah, yeah, but these guys have got all the elements I like, and I, and they're colonial. They're the, but this is getting to the accent thing. Is that Grant McCulloch, the lead singer? It's it's there. He doesn't water yeah, down the accent whatsoever. If anything, he puts it more on. If well, maybe. Well, if, if what I've heard's correct is that he had trouble getting airplay because they kind of didn't like that. Oh, that's racism. <laughs> <laughs> that's annoying. But, you know, like, I mean... Because we struggle to get enough Australian I, content on our radio stations as it is. Well, said, was it too ochre? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I might be being biased, but how can they not be being airplayed every day of the week yeah, to us Australians? Yeah. And we've got half the crap that's on the radio. There's a lot of talk with that, especially with certain radio stations, of which I will not name. They're a little bit biased because the American tunes sell or the international stuff. And, again, with the whole tall poppy syndrome, people... And that's why our pop stars, I think, if if you you play it to someone who doesn't know a lot about the, you know, about who's singing or, you know, you could play them American pop stars, play Australian pop stars, no one would know the difference. And I think they do that because it, it sells. It sounds American. It sounds international. It sounds bigger than it is. And if you put an Aussie Yocker accent on it, it kind of puts it into this niche. Yeah. And it's not as widely endorsed it's kind of but ha- ha- okay so, enough. so why do we put up with it i mean come australia day the australians in general are painting themselves up in blue white and red yeah don and the aussie ochre they're all racist they're, they're all they're so racist they're all they're flying flags and stuff and and that's another yeah, issue the, the white race, power and it's no it's racist not. no racist or pa- patriotic yeah exactly exactly but because we've have like such a vast multicultural society, for some reason, a lot of us take patriotism as being racist. Well, I think when for, it's n- just not. Yeah, I think for a lot of years, what what we've never had was, I mean, and that actually, I'll take that back because we are as a originally as a colony and a British colony, we never really had an, our own identity, and it wasn't until nineteen thirteen or nineteen twelve when we became. Federation. A federation. No, that was 1901. Was it 1901? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because then we had... It doesn't matter. Don't quote me. It was back then. Another one for the Google list. It was was back then. And then when we became a federation, we we then became Australians. And and that goes back to World War I, when the Anzacs were, you know, trotting off to Gallipoli and to Versailles. Sent over the trenches by the British dude. But it was... Another one. But it was, we wanted to show England... Where Australia, how how Australians yeah. now do it? Everyone was signing. So up. we've we've had an identity, but do you think? I don't know what it is at this day and age. I mean, geez, we're covering some topics, but now we're off onto the track of <laughs> national identity. Mm. But do we feel like we need an identity? Do you think Australians sort of like we're reaching out because Americans are proud to be American, English are proud to be English. Americans are a little too proud, I think. But then again, we only see one side of it. How do you when think, you actually go to America... But what do you think they think of us? Seriously, like, we're doing ourselves no favours. Well, yes and no. Because a lot of Americans love Australians. If, I've heard about uh, friends of mine that have gone to America. And they go, well, you're Australian. They fucking, they're all over you. Talk to you all night and everything. I think there's a bit of love-hate. No, actually, no, not love-hate. I think it's literally, Americans either love Australians because we're portrayed so well over there in Hollywood and the Hugh Jackman thing. Hugh Jackman. 
he is the best ambassador to Australia. I couldn't think of a better guy. If you, because those guys, if they think about Australia, they think about Hugh Jackman. And for me, that makes me proud to be an Australian because he is a champion. Got a bit of bro love going on there. <laughs> but Americans, I think they only think of us as they either have no idea where Australia is or what it is. Australia? I don't know. It's like some country in, in Africa or something. <laughs> or, um, or they do know of Australia, but, and they love us. I don't think there's many that just dislike us or, you know, they either don't know about us or they love us. I think they do now. I think gone are the days where they go, Australia, isn't that near Germany? Yeah, those are the people that don't know. No. That's what I mean. Two types of Americans. People that just don't know about the land down well, under. Well, do you think, you know who it was to bring it to the mainstream? I'm going to reach out here and say it was Croc Dundee. Mr. Paul Hogan himself. Well, what about, let's Crocodile go further Dundee back. was the first one that really nailed the Amer- I mean, we what go back to the days of Errol Flynn. Errol, that's what I was thinking of. No. Or he brought up first, but that was more... In, no, he went to America, didn't he? He, he lived it. there. Yeah. It was the Hollywood biggest thing that they had for years. Well, they needed someone. Uh, and there was also another guy. I think he was the first to play Tarzan or something too. They, they needed someone who was bronzed, f- had a great physique. And because of the Australian life-saving culture that was massive in the 30s through to the 50s, mm. uh, more so than today, it was a really big thing, um, we had a lot of bronzed Aussies. And... I would do anything. In, in America, they, they they loved this image. You know mm. what I mean? These guys that... Yeah. There was also guys that could swim. Mm. So you've got to think in Northern America, it's, it's actually a very temperate country, so it's quite cold at times. And they don't really have the swimming athletes that we do. More now today, we've got the technology. We've got pools and all that. But back in those days, you're practicing in the ocean. Well, yeah, yeah go for a swim in the Atlantic Ocean. See how good you go. Yeah, too cold. <laughs> yeah, snap frozen in like 12 minutes, you know, so... Yeah, so I think that's, that's why I think that was the theory behind. That's how he got the job over there. But uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Now here's another thing I want to talk to you about. So we completely got well, way off topic. Tangent. Yep. We love our tangents. I'm, but I'm it's an interesting on. convo. We could sit I'm hanging we, on just. Yeah, we're, we're talking about we could be talking about like galvanized nails for three hours. And, uh, <laughs> that that reminds me of something else. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. No. Fancy. I was thinking just getting into Jesus Christ on the cross and getting into religion. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, we'll steer, Not today. We'll steer we'll clear of that yeah, one today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're we still, don't want to enrage anyone. Still slightly uh, suffering from the night before. So, <laughs> forgive us. Forgive we're us. on like our fifth cup of coffee, fourth, and that with remi- extra foam. That reminds me of a comedy gig once too. I've got to tell the story. I can't not tell the story now. We, um, I was doing a show once at the GBT in Joondalup, local. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I used to play with tickets band. on the door. I used to play with a band called A Bone of Contention, um, which Ooh. there was a bunch of guys. Very awesome band, actually. Really, really cool band. Great vocalists. Good, good band. Nothing out of the box. But we, we were sort of around knocking on the doors of Sony before Birds of Tokyo Carnival, mm-hmm. and that they were sort of we're all hovering around the same time. End of fashion. Um, uh, well, the early uh, 2000s sort of thing. Yeah, well, 2004 was roughly about the year that things were really happening. Cav yeah. um, uh, Temple, Eskimo Joe. So all these bands were coming out of this scene that we were all playing in, and yeah. I reckon it was a golden era of Perth yeah, music. Yeah, definitely. post Jebediah. And, and we're all different. That was the thing about us. Like, you, Carnival was different to a bone of contention. A bone of contention was different mm. to Eskimo Joe. You're Eskimo to Joe was different. That. 
I'm going to hear this one day. Some bone of contention stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's amazing. The vocalist I must admit that we had, um, his name was Sevi Deschamps, and he... Exotic. Well, yeah, exotic, but he had just, for me, I still think he's one of the best voices I've ever heard. I think he won like a whammy vocalist of the year a few times around and was up against guys like John Butler and, and some really good talent back then and was blowing them out of the water. But Sev, I think he had a, a real knack for just sort of um, just pitch control and just sustain and he seemed to understand. And he come from a metal background, singing in a, in a real metal and then we just bring this angelic voice out. And we cracked an album called Arms of the Sea back then, which was a really good album. And um, I'm not sure if you can find it online, but if any listeners want to check it out, um, A Bone of Contention, Arms of the Sea, crack an album. But anyway, getting Mr. sidetracked. D on bass? No, I wasn't playing bass, actually. I was playing, I was playing yeah, like lead guitar. Yeah, so. right. yeah, I kind of wiggled into the band. I wasn't really supposed to be in it. <laughs> That's what you do with a lot of bands. I know. I, I sort of was... I, I turned up one day to watch them play, and um, I was doing it, you know, and in the middle, and that people were saying, "Oh, this guy's a comedian. You need to get this guy up." So I got up on the veranda and I just started banging out a few bit of bullhead stuff, and they were just losing their shit because it was fresh. No one had heard it, uh, and they were just losing their shit at it, just thinking like, "This is pretty cool." And and then the guys go, oh, "Look, we're playing down here next week. Do you want to come back down and do a few more songs?" So then it became a regular thing that I turn up each week and just do this middle section of Buffett in between the bone of contention. And I ended up just hanging out with them and then from hanging out started jamming with them um, and then eventually kind of started touring with them. <laughs> then just things happened. But um, yeah, so it, it kind of sort of happened like that. And But it was it was in the middle of a bone of contention set or I might have, I can't remember if I was doing that or doing just my straight out stuff where I was singing this song and I cracked this joke about wise. Jesus, get why does Jesus get all the chicks? Uh, <laughs> and then I, I, I put myself in the in the like like as if I was nailed to the cross, saying, "Was because he's hung like this." With my, <laughs> with my hands. Oh, and I controversy! Had, and I had a guy at the back just crack it at me, oh, like just lose it, just shit. completely lose it, and he's, "Don't you take the Lord's name in vain?" and all this kind of stuff. Well, and I was I believe giving him a compliment. Believed he smashed a schooner. Vaguely from my memory, he smashed like a glass on the way through and he come at me with it to glass me or do whatever he was going to do. That's not very Catholic or Christian-like. Nah, but I've, I I spun my guitar around and then just bunted the guy as he got close. <laughs> like I spun it around. That's quick thinking. And just went, boom, just to bunt him. Like I don't think he yeah, expected hold, it. To, yeah, just spun Against it. the glass. and That's the, exactly, because he came yeah. to stage, he sort of lunged at me and I just bunted him with the guitar and... Knocked him flat on were his ass. Were the security ass. guards on point that night? They were. They were nice. Within seconds, they were onto him. But good, this is the thing that was funny: edge. was was they've grabbed him and all that, and I'm just like, it didn't bother me so much. I'm just like, oh, there oh, you yeah. go, Christians, eh? I thought I was supposed to forgive, you know, and just, <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. it just kept nice. going on with with the show. Nice. And, but what I didn't realise is, as he was getting dragged out, he was yelling everything about, I'm going to, you know, don't think, oh, you're going to no. go to hell, blah, Did blah, he meet blah. you in the alley afterwards? All the rest of it. Well, no, what happened was, he got dragged out the front, but the in-house mic there plays out to the courtyard, <laughs> and the courtyard is right at the, at the entrance. <laughs> so he's the out place. there getting even more annoyed. So basically what's happened is, he's got dragged out, and like they do, they just sort of flick him out the front door, and he's out there going, you know, sort of thing, and... And he could, hear, and I started making up a song about him, like, 
You know, like about I can't no, look. This is going back ten just years, eleven years ago. I can't remember what the song was, but I just started singing this song about him, like getting kicked out and how he's supposed to forgive and yeah. who believes in Jesus anyway and blah blah blah, all the rest of it. Uh, and he is losing his bottle, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the bouncers are trying to contain him, and he's just f- fueled with Christian rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, trying to get into you know to avenge yeah. the Lord and kill me, so to speak. <laughs> But I had no idea, so I'm just ripping him because, as I do, like yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. a heckler. Yeah, Give yeah. me a heckler, yeah. I love him, yeah. and just having fun and and just making light of the situation, and you know, like sort of talking about, you know, like oh, imagine if we got glass. I hope it was here because then I could remove a lot of the fat from this section of my body <laughs> and all this shit. But just having fun with it and just removing um, the situation and bringing it all back down. But I didn't realize the whole time surgery. he's hearing me out in this courtyard mm. because they're beaming it out into the courtyard of this yeah. hotel. Um, which at the time I didn't know, which wasn't really good because I mean my my comedy can be controversial. Yeah. So would you not really, really want good that passes by? No, no. <laughs> Fuck this joint. <laughs> I'm not coming in. Yeah. You're getting all religious. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, and people like, I've had people still bring that up to this day. I had a guitarist at a venue a while back say when he found out, he goes, yeah, Buffy, you're the old, that comedian, Buffy. And I said, yeah, he goes, I heard a story about you. And straight away I knew what story it was going to be, uh, and it was that one, you know. Yeah. So, But that was it. He didn't He didn't avenge the Lord. He never, all. no, he didn't. I think after about an hour and a half of being beaten up and trolleyed and that, he, he, got, he got tired of what it. What, by the bouncers? Or yeah. someone? I don't know. I just went, the ba- well, the bouncers coming to me at the end of the show and said, oh, mate. It was a handful. Yeah, thanks for that. We've just been, di- we've been cleaning up your shit for the last <laughs> hour and a half. And I went... Well, you've earned your money then. But then the bouncers <laughs> told me that, no, that he could hear you over the speakers. Oh. And then I've just gone, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that happens. We had a prayer for you that night. Yeah. Have you had any interesting gigs, Pete, when you've been on stage and just something crazy's happened? Yes. Um, uh, this would be one of those situations where I remember something and then I'll remember something even more interesting as I'm telling this story. Excellent. So double layered. Yeah. Uh, first one's not interesting. We are playing <laughs> down in um, Fremantle, a place called Rosie O'Grady's. And it was, we were like filling in for a band. I can't remember the band name. I think it's, uh, Sal's in the band now. What are they? I'll think of it. I'm bad with names. Can you tell? Self-playing drums. Self-playing drums. Yep. Dakota, Dakota, yep. pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure we were filling in for them one night. And uh, there wasn't that many people there because Frio's a bit dead at the moment. But uh, we had a few there. And at the end of the night, towards the last set, um, the managers told us, just play a shorter set because it's, you know, we're, we're struggling for people here and we want to shut early. Um, so as we got to the last few songs, uh, this... A uh, bunch of girls' backpackers came in. I think they were Poms, I think, um, or from that area, UK. And one girl, I don't know, she must have had, I don't know, her, her pupils were huge. Victor was there that night. He was filming a bit. And he, he saw the whole thing from a third man perspective. But her eyes were like full-on pupils dilated. She must have been on something, just a whole lot of beers. She just... Bought on herself. I don't know if you've ever been there, but the whole front is fenced off. And there's only a little bit from stairs that you can actually get onto the stage. She got straight on the stage and literally I was trying to play a song 
and she's just screaming in my ear and looking down my iPod, iPad going, play this song, play this song. I'm like, J -j -j hold on, love, wait your turn. <laughs> like trying to make it into the show a bit, like, you know. Yep. And she just stood there next to me, the most awkward looking, you know, it must've looked so awkward to Victor. I'm trying to play and, you know, do, you know, look like a dickhead dancing around, singing the song. And this bird's just going, hey, hey, <laughs> play this song. Stop what you're doing, play this. It happens a lot. I don't know if you get this, where people are yelling at you while you're singing and playing. Everyone gets it. it and it's like, what we do. It's... do you not understand that I've, I'm kind of multitasking as it is. I can't hear you that well as it is. At what point do you think that, it's like they think we're jukeboxes or we're miming or something and we're just like, pressing play on a, on a tune and that they'd actually request stuff. I don't know, they probably haven't seen a live act for a very long time. But yeah, that was that was pretty weird. And that what, was just what, recently. What happened? Did, did someone remove it from stage? No, because there wasn't that many people there. And the, a bouncer came in and that was at the time that she was being less annoying and just kind of sort of slightly dancing around. I said, nah, it's cool. She's all right for the moment. Because yep. sometimes having a girl on stage looks like stuff's happening. Yep. So... I kind of, it's a fine line though, and then they get start getting annoying. You're like, you just get them off. But this girl was, yeah, starting to get really frustrating and just telling me to play a song. I think eventually we did, I think it was White Stripe, Seven Nation Army. Yep. And I don't know the lyrics that well. And I was like, oh, get, uh, and then Dave, our bass player, said, no, I'll sing it. So we started singing it. She stayed there, even though she got a request. She stayed on the stage. She'd want to sing it. And she tried to sing into my mic. And I was like, kind of going, yeah, you know, and she was really bad as well. Yeah. yeah, pupils dilated, you know, seven beers in. She wasn't that, you know, which is a lot for a girl. She, and she wasn't tall either. She didn't have, you know, anywhere to put it. Yep. She was singing pretty badly. So I was trying to like hip and shoulder, shoulder not hip and shoulder, just <laughs> yeah. kind of nudge her out of the way so that <laughs> she wasn't being broadcasted over the entire venue. Hip and shoulder straight off the stage. I think John, though, he had it covered. The sound guy that night, he kind of just turned my vocal down and, you know, and then I think the bouncer, her friends actually, got her to come down. Like, come on, get off, come on. Yeah. You're overdoing it. But yeah, that was pretty weird. Well, that happens quite a lot. How many times? Stage invasions. Stage invaders. Stage invaders. I find girls are easy to deal with because if they just... Well, they don't usually, get aggressive. They don't get aggressive, and they're usually quite well behaved. They get up there, they dance in their little spot and stuff, and they don't stamp or anything or anything. But you got to watch them because as soon as you got a girl on there or two, then a guy looks up and goes, "Oh, it's open season. Let's go." Oh, he gets up, and then that's trouble. I haven't had once the guys get on there because they're a lot heavier, and even if they're trying to do the right thing, they always get they're always way more drunk than the girls stamping on pedals and cables coming out and leaning on the drum kit and falling over shit. I see that way before it happens. And a couple of times I've had to just literally, I remember a gig in Augusta we did at New Year's Eve last year. I had to literally just grab this guy, put my guitar aside and just push him off the stage because he was about to... <laughs> just for the folks at home, Pete's actually giving acting me... Acting out this as well. Acting out this as it's happening. So he's off the mic a bit. <laughs> he's... I had to just get him off before he did any more damage because he cut my cable out. Yep. He stepped on my cable, cable came out, and that's when I just put my, swung my guitar around and pushed him off um, and then stuck my cable back in and 
that was that. And I think I made a gag of it as I was singing on after that as like a, you know, don't think you can get up here. Just, you know, if you get up here, you might get shoved off because the bouncers, it was a pretty popular, it was a pretty crowded night that night. But uh, yeah, they, you got to watch out, especially if you don't have a stage. Stage invaders are common if you're on ground level because it seems like if you're not above everyone, everyone kind of feels more at ease with you and that can be a bad thing. Sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I've done a few gigs where it's been at that level. But I guess... I don't you know. don't know how to deal with them because if there's not many people there, you don't want to act like an arsehole and go, get out of here and be like a prima donna because yep. everyone else sees it and goes, Well, ah. I've, I've been on stage with some some people like Mr. Stanton and Mr. Emmanuel. Oh, but they're pros at it. And they, no, they they don't like it. It's, yeah. It's, some people They're, they're like, very short. Go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're in all. Don't you know. come any closer. One more step and you're out. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's where me, I'm kind of... I don't know. I I I rip the piss. Well, what I do is I rip the piss out of them. As soon as they get up, yeah. I start because yeah. I'm lucky enough to have that comedy background. So nice. I I start chipping at them about this and that, or just start pissing on what they're wearing, or yeah. or the fact you can't. Or I get them to sing and go, "You are shit out. <laughs> that is why we're getting the money, and that's why you're drinking the beers. Get back to where you belong. You know, so, so yeah. just be straight at. And the crowd, the crowd loves it. Just say no. You yeah. have a go, and they just go. Yeah, what do you reckon? Shit house, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the only time that player's going to fail is when he gets up and he sings better than you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you got to be left yeah. up shit creek. And then but... you got to start talking about, well, look, when you get your own gig, I'll be sure to be make a guest appearance, see how you like it. Well, I know, I know, <laughs> I know there was a, there's a saying that com- comedians use a lot for hecklers. And they go, mate, when, when I'm going to come round to your work and start kicking the cocks out of your mouth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So this, this, nice. you know, like, like, do I turn up to your work and start kicking the dicks out yeah, of your mouth? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you need a little bit more than that, I reckon, because I reckon they've got, if they're clever at all, they've got a few comebacks for that. Yeah, yeah. Can't think of one right now, but <laughs> would so, I come to your workers? And then they go, "You're not working. You're bloody playing music." I'm like, well, and that's another thing that uh, that people think is that musicians. Uh, not actually working, but, but people don't realise how hard it is and how much preparation goes into actually making it happen, let alone the performance. But that's one thing I wanted to try and get across with this podcast. Uh, just on another note, I, I actually call Pete Mr. Fidget sometimes because loves to fiddle with a with a Love soundboard. Um, I'm getting better. What you're hearing in the background is Pete's got a plastic bottle in his hands. <laughs> Hydration is the key. <laughs> so, I've got to play soon. That's that's all you're going to hear is that plastic bottle because <laughs> you can't leave it alone. I'll have to... <laughs> oh, I need a better bottle. You do need, you, yeah, you need a... You need one that can't crinkle. Ah, oh, usually you can get two notes out. Usually. Moving on, that was crap. <laughs> I think I play guitar just a little better than that, so. Not really. <laughs> True. <laughs> For those that have Staring witnessed. Up. I would have appreciated a lot more had that note been in G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The people's key. The people's key. The people note. People's, people's note. key. Yeah, and so on you... that topic, how many songs do you reckon are in G? A lot. Especially in country, I reckon 90%. I can't back G, that up with any stats, but... G, G or A, predominantly. Yeah, yeah. 
But there's another... But B, then again, blues, E. Well, blues, a lot of it in E and A. Um, or B. Very guitar-friendly keys, these. They are. But you know what it is? It's like when you learn guitar, you get taught these basic chords at the beginning. And G is one of the harder ones to get it your is, but it just sounds so good. And, yeah. and E sounds good, so... When the guitar is in tune, yes, very good. You know, those, they've got those nice... And if you're playing a solo thing, E's a really good key because you've got nice bottom end in the sound. And a lot of open strings to fiddle around back with. That's right, yeah. So I guess that's why. As soon as you start getting into playing stuff in D and all that kind of stuff, D's, D works well. D's fun. Yeah, D's a good good chord, sort of, or a good key, I should say, to play stuff in. E, A, D, G. Pretty much every string on the guitar is a decent key. B? B's good. Sort of good. The other thing with B, though, is you, you get a bit of diminished sound in there because it's not... Um, you can't really play an open B. Well, you can. You get that nice open B pattern. You've you got to be a bit more careful with it. Yeah, true. Yeah, Let's not get too theoretical with the music theory. I haven't done it for a very long time. So, so. B, A, and G is always a good one to sort of play with. But, uh, yeah. Do you do any uh, open string stuff? You haven't played around with some open tunes? I have, not much. And I should get into it. I used to have this uh, thought that people that use... This is when I was a bit younger and a lot more naive. A lot younger. Um, that that was kind of cheating. Yep. That you should be able to play that and get the same sound out of a standard tuned guitar. But then as I got older, I realized that there are much more fruits to that tree or side of thinking. Because yep. you can really start... And Carnival, I keep dropping this band name, but I love them. I bloody love them. Every single song they play, when you look at their set list, or if you have... I don't know if you... I, I saw it on a YouTube video once behind the scenes. Yep. Uh, Drew has a guitar tech and he needs one badly um, because every single song is literally in a different tuning. Yep. There's maybe two or three that have the same tunings as another one, yep. like if you know what I mean, catch my drift. And that's how a lot, and I was speaking to the bass player a while ago, Jono, he tells me that when they write a lot of their tunes, they do that to kind of, explore new sounds and it's a really great way of exploring and trying to get into a different thought frame frame of mind and different notes and things that you because i think you get boxed in with playing you know well they, the same things i agree over over. i did to agree and and as a listener i love the open the different tunings because it brings a, a different sounds, sound yeah and and you know what the it sounds more strings. holistic it's a more holistic yeah. sound and Carnival, man, they, they just the holistic Fair. sound with their delay, and you know they got it covered. It's just I, I don't know. Covered. I was to actually I was speaking to Drew only what four to five, maybe six weeks ago. Hmm. Um, he was driving for Sebastian Bach, and that was the last show off the really? tour that I did with Sebastian Bach. So awesome. we caught up very briefly at the end of the night. You were in the tour. I was guitar tech for Sebastian Bach's You were too, that's right. Yep. So we had... Um, Skid Row. Yep, we had... We caught up at the end of the night. We were busy during the early parts of the day, but at the end of the night before he was driving the band home, I just knocked off and it was the end of the tour. And oh, I, Drew was I, part of the crew. Yeah, he was He was driving, so oh, he was really? he was taking the guys to and from the hotel, which was bizarre, I thought. like he Really, I should have been driving, he should have been the guitar tech. <laughs> I wonder how it came around, that came around. Then. I don't know, it was a complete, yeah. Maybe he's had a go before. No, 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 what it, is, no what it is, is the... Too much trouble. No, there's a... guitarist. No, we've got um, the girl, Chancy, that was running the whole thing. She 
knows Drew from... She's a She does, deals with all the major wrecks in Australia. So she knew Drew was in Perth and just said, do you want to, 400 bucks a day to go driving a car around for these guys? Probably more than you got from being their slave for like the whole time. Oh, massively more. <laughs> you weaked out. You, got the, you drew the shortest straw. The shortest straw oh, has I'll, been drawn for you. I'll, I'll actually get into that tour one day and, and really open up about the shit that went down on that tour because... Put them in their place. I, a little bit. Or the guitarist. I've got no allegiances to anyone I toured with. I don't... I don't I don't particularly Endorse care about neutral, anyone yeah. that I was on that tour with. I'm sure they don't give a flying <laughs> fuck about me. Yeah. Um, and Should I will, we open I'll, this box? I will lay it out on the line as to the, what mm. went down. On the next podcast, tune I, in. Oh, I need It'll to, be a massive 45-minute rant. <laughs> rant from, about... <laughs> the yeah. shit that went But in down. saying that, it wasn't so much... It was a case of... I, I was paid so little, I went, fuck yeah, I'm only going to do so much work. Yeah. If that's how much you're going to screw down the price, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not one of these guys that are bound down. Oh, oh Lord, I'm, oh, I'm, Lord, I'm yeah, touring with yeah. you guys. Do you reckon they I do that? I will do anything for you. That's do what they, they used to. I swear. They used and to. They be... used to just getting a slave in that loves them, and then they can pay them nothing. Yep. Uh, exploitation. Yeah. So but I then again, they had a small budget. But that was uh, what I was told I was doing, and what I ended up doing were two different things. Oh. Uh, what I was expected to do and what I was told I was expected to do are two different things. By who? By the tour manager. So what happened was a lot of things didn't turn... When I got there, I was underprepared for a lot of stuff. Because you weren't told of I was, what you were I was, supposed to be doing. Yeah, I told him what I could do. I was underqualified for a few things. Um, I'm not familiar with some of the stuff that had to go down. I'm familiar well, that's with, their own fault. I'm familiar with a hell of a lot of it. But the reason being they couldn't get no one because they were... I'll tell you straight out, they're offering $150 a day to tour with a band that was earning... And this is a, a pretty much a 24-hour job. It's a 24-hour job. you got to Basically, be doing I'd, all the time. I'd start work at about 9 o'clock in the morning and I would finish at about 3.30 to 4 o'clock a.m. the following day, three hours sleep, back up in the morning, on a plane to the next city. Just being there, biatch. Being there, biatch, getting ready, and then straight to the venue, setting up loading in, doing all that kind of stuff. But they had a guy, a tech with them too, Chris, and not knowing what the guys wanted, not knowing what they were doing was kind of hard, not knowing how he wanted his guitars set well, up. That's just shithouse management. Who the, but, who? but but what happened was, because I was so tired, like it was just me, and because I was getting so tired, by three days in, I was making stupid mistakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you can imagine, like I was tuning guitars wrong. Again, bad management. Why are they getting you to do stuff that they didn't let you know that you were... Sp- should be doing well. That was cool. Like, that was no sweat. Like getting yeah, yeah. a guitar and tunes, one thing, but getting enough sleep is another. No, no, no. <laughs> getting enough sleep's one, but but also I was lugging in the whole stage really? stuff on my own as well. So oh. it was setting up because the they were too precious to do anything. They didn't do any of their own. Like well, the band cool. didn't do any. Yeah, of their that's own. cool. Yeah, but I was guitar tech. Yeah, but I was also like technically roadie as yeah, well. Yeah, as well as but at the, the end of the only night. one. But I thought I was just going. I was rocking up to everything set up. I look after the guitars, make sure the guitars are in tune. That's what a guitar tech does. Yeah. He doesn't do the whole radio yeah. stuff as well. So I was doing that as well yeah. for $150 a day. I know I'm bitching about it, and people say, well, why are you You're living the dream. Yeah, a fucking dream. I was living the nightmare. It was horrible. Come to my work, yeah. You know? I mean, if, if I if I had never been around the industry before and I wanted to look at it and go, oh, this is cool, maybe it would have been like a nice little excursion. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was getting put up in beautiful hotels. Yeah, yeah. But I still had to pay for meals. Uh, I still had to do this. So it, uh, essentially, it cost me money to go away on a tour yeah. that sucked balls. Uh, 
And to be honest, Annoying. a few of the guys on the tour were complete and utter assholes. And there was a couple of guys on tour which were lovely and I really respect. There's and we won't name names. Nah, and well, a lot of people will think I'm talking about Sebastian Bach. I'll tell you right now, Sebastian yeah. Bach's fine. He's, he's he was not one a bad of the guy. Good ones. He, was great he one. walks in, does his thing and walks out. He's the star of the show. People are there to see Sebastian Bach. They're not there to see Jai D. They're not there to see the guitarist. They're not there to see... Uh, drum the the drum, mind you, the drummer, it. my God, he was he phenomenal. He was champ, wasn't he? They meant they're all amazing musicians. Well, yeah. And they're a level yeah. above anything I've seen in Perth. Yeah, right. Aside from bands like Carnival. I think Carnival is one of the premier bands in the world. And people, if they're not onto them, they're missing the boat. They just don't, yeah. you know. Are we getting uh, sponsored by Carnival? <laughs> you think all? so? Yeah, we're pumping them a Maybe bit. Maybe we should... Uh, we're just getting back to those man crushes we got. Mine with Siren Tower, yours with Carnival. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If this don't get us free entry to a local gig, boys, come on. Oh, come on. Come on. I'd love to get, actually, I'd love to get any one of those lads on the on the podcast to talk about stuff. It would be great. Well, I've been lucky enough to... We need people to get on, on our Facebook site and uh, and tag in the guys from Carnival, tag in the guys from Sire yeah. Tower, saying you want to hear you guys appear on the show and I, talk about stuff. It would be I, great. I might be able to help out with that, maybe. Mm. I've played a few gigs with... Um, with Jono and Steve Joe, the drummer. Yep. Just little odds and ends here and there. Yep. Champion blokes. Great to play with them. It's like... Be good to get one of those boys in there. I'll flick him a message on Facebook, see if he's interested. Mm. Great to hear the stories. Obviously, I want to hear what it's about. He's told me a few stories. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty interesting. There's always great stories. And that's what I love about this podcast. Musicians talking about other stuff than just the normal... Yeah. We're playing here, we're playing there. Give yourself yeah, a plug. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I love oh, yeah, to... Give us a... We love Give us it. a chance to plug. Got a few things to plug. Plug away. Plug away now. Oh, is it now's the time? Now's the time. It's plug era. Hello and welcome Hello, to hey, plug time. <laughs> this is Pete here from Parker Avenue. American accent's not working for me. Pete here. G'day, Parker Avenue. This is a plug. This is a plug section of the of the podcast of Stacks. It's Stacks, is right? Stacks. Stacks podcast. Stacks. Here with Jai Deeg. How you doing, listeners? This is the part where I say about yeah. what I've been doing. Pretty much what all I'm going to axe the last 30 seconds. Okay, stuff, cool. And then, You'll edit it. Yeah. Good. So you're going to say probably something like, oh, it's okay. the part where we plug and then I just go straight yeah. into you from now. <laughs> um, so, Pete here from Parker Avenue. Did I say that already? Fuck, sorry. Editing job's going to be hard. Well, they know. They've, yeah. they've been listening to you for the last 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, get under us, Parker Avenue, on Facebook or parkeravenue.com.au. We're just about to step into the, uh, the studio up in the hills with a good friend, Vass, from Hail Mary, and record our third EP. Don't have a title yet, but some six songs on there. Um, oh, so much stuff I want to talk about. I got a new pickup for my violinist's violin, which is really cool because you can actually put it and manipulate it through guitar pedals and axe effects and things like that really well because the piezo pickups that they normally have in their silent violins are crap. Oh, well, they're not good for what we need them to do. I got a new guitar, just got it the other week. Uh, no, this Monday. Your new L guitar? Yeah, Gibson. I got my first real Gibson. Fuck. What's yeah. the, what model? LPJ, it's like this matte finished, um, kind of satin fit, it's like just the wood and then a little bit of protective layer. Dark, brown, earthly looking, chocolatey finish, it's so Is good. it a Les Paul shape? Yeah, yeah, it's a Les Paul. 
Yep. Les Paul J, not Junior, just oh. J. They just call it. I don't know why. Chalk, sat and finish. Look it up, listeners. Um, yeah, but it's it's funny talking about this actually because I found out that because I th- I love the guitar as soon as I saw it and I should have bought one because it was a limited edition release back in 2013 I think, um, and I found out a band called Nevsky Prospect. That guy uses one, and I just saw it on a video a few weeks ago. I was like, no, I'm not the only one. But anyway. That's, they're a cool band, so I don't mind being related to that. Anyway, further to the plug. Coming off topic here again. <laughs> We've done it the whole podcast. Um, we're cu- currently shooting our first video for, going backwards in time a little bit, to our last EP entitled It Isn't Dead, um, and the song called Imprudence, which is the opening track. Um, we're currently shooting a video for that, and hopefully that will be finished soon, before the new year, hopefully, fingers crossed. But these things get delayed and stuff. So, and then that will build up to our new EP release, which will be hopefully early next year. Look around for it. Stick out for it. Watch and, this space and, and Parker Avenue space. Good stock. Any gigs coming up with good stock? Good stock. Unrelated to Parker Avenue for those that you know are all about. Oh, covers is selling out, man. We're trying to play music for a living, and that makes us better at our originals I think it keeps us playing all day anyway that's a whole other story um, good stock we are playing tonight actually or speaking to you people from the past you've probably missed it but we're playing tonight at the Swing of Pig down in Rockingham and next weekend ooh, we were supposed to go down to Esperance next weekend play at the Travellers Inn but in this rocky industry we're called we deal with a lot of uh, issues and cancellations, and this being one of them, that gig got cancelled a few days ago, spewing, because I haven't been to Esperance before, so that would have been a the lot of The beaches in Esperance are oh, unbelievable. So I hear, so I hear. So I'm pretty pumped. But that's they've just started to negotiate the final negotiations, opening up another pub in Esperance, so we'll be able to go down there for, it's like a seven and a half hour drive. So you want to make it worthwhile. You want to do a few gigs that weekend. So we're only booked for two gigs. So hopefully next year when they own the other pub on the other side of town, we'll be able to get a three-gig uh, weekend, a sort of mini tour. So we'll make it worthwhile. Well, fingers crossed that the, the hotels, and this happens quite a lot, cooperate with each other. That's why we couldn't get, because we were trying to get an extra date for that weekend, and our agent used to was trying to ring around and they said the other pub that this particular pub said you're not allowed to play anywhere else because you know and that happens a lot this was very frustrating exclusive Exclusive. it's like well you're not paying us that much to buy the exclusivity we're we're, we're traveling like eight hours to get down there you know you're making it pretty hard for us come on you know well the only way that that will work is if bands stop going there for that reason yeah, and that's never going to happen. They're always going to find stuff. They're always going to find bands. And that's a whole other topic. Yes. It's been taking over our our stages recently is people that, because, um, of course, the scene has been struggling a little bit. People aren't going out as much. <clears throat> Mining stopped up north, stopped up, shot, went into production phase, whatever they call it. And there's, you know, people are hiding in their houses trying to not spend so much. And it's pretty hard to go out in this town anyway costs a lot of money taxi there taxi back or uber whatever you fancy i love uber haven't i've only been in one but um 
and which is your cheaper option as long as he doesn't take you around the block. Um, but people, it's just too hard to go out these days. You got to go. I was speaking to my cousin-in-law the other day, and he said he went out, uh, and he's what about forty-five years old, and he just thought, oh, "I'm going to go out." You know, he hasn't been out already. He's been working his ass off, and he literally went around to all these pubs. He brought around, he bought his uh, phone with him and a bit of cash, and he went to all the pubs around Northbridge. None of them would let him in because they were like, "Where's your ID?" I I didn't bring any because I'm going out and I wanted to be... Do I look underage? That's not the point because you've got those scanny things that you've got to put your ID in and they take your photo because we're a nanny state now. They've got to keep tabs on everyone. So if you screw up, they can find out who so you are. So just about offenders. everywhere out now you need to The only ID. place he got in was the Brass Monkey in all of Northbridge. Wow. Pathetic. No wonder people don't go out. It's too hard. Yeah. you gotta, you got to like prepare... You got to spend a shitload of money. Yep. Beers are like twelve bucks. Yep. Pints. It's ridiculous. And the you know the liquor laws, the lockout laws. I don't know if they're happening still. They're probably not. I haven't seen them. In, they tried to do that a while ago. The price of liquor, the tax on liquor is huge. Liquor licenses are more expensive. It's just too hard. Yep. Well, I guess the they'll just drive it into the dirt but then they already have because of that but that was their whole goal because of that you to get, stop the violence you get underground things happening prohibition like no not so much the, well, from the alcohol you know, side. Oh, no, I mean more from the music side it's going to drive this underground following yeah and this is where we use the internet and we use mediums like this and like YouTube and all that to, to drive your own following and, well that's what I've been know. trying to get into it's been it's been hard because if you're not completely technically a an adept is that the right word? No, you're, to you're, use you're tech, thinking inept, but inept. No, but that's the anti. Yeah. If I'm an digitally inept, then I'm savvy. useless. Savvy. savvy. Okay. But adept isn't. I looked that up. It's another one for the Google list. <laughs> um, to if you're not that social media or technologically savvy, then you have to. Yeah, it's a learning process to try and get your online. Uh, what do you call it? Appearance, online presence. It's hard to grow if you're not that technically savvy. So there's a lot less gigs going on. And oh, which brings me to an oh, I could talk all day. Let's talk all night. Now I'm going to go to a gig. Um, I've been thinking about this, and I reckon you'd be right into it. We should start putting on gigs in a park. Have I talked to you about this before? You can literally hire out stages in certain parks. Um, I did sound, well, I lent, well, I leased out for a very cheap price my PA to someone after we did a Red Cross gig with my older band Gunshires last year. Uh, this girl, I forget her name, but she did her EP release at a park, in Hyde Park. Um, just hired the stage off the council for like, I don't know how much it was, like 30, 40 bucks an hour, minimum three, four hours, whatever it was. And it was brilliant. You could bring down all your lights, your PA, set it all up. Everyone sits on the grass on this nice like amphitheater type setup. And you play, play, you know, on the stage. It's like a little mini festival. It's awesome. And the sound's great because you don't have to deal with a crappy venue that's not designed to have bands. I reckon that's the next thing. 
that's what I'm going to do for my launch. Good idea. I'm going to go to Hyde Park, hire the joint out, yep. do my own sound, own lights, yep. and just do like a late afternoon to night thing so it's not too late so people can bring their kids and stuff and it's not too loud and yeah. You get blackjack supporting. <laughs> for sure. Pete, we're at that time. The hour and a half mark. Well, Very after right. editing down, you could probably cut out a lot of crap. Yeah, there's uh, we've got quite a lot there. There's uh, a good 20 minutes prior to this take and then an hour on this one, so. <laughs> Till next time. Well, Pete, we're at that time, mate. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Mate. Likewise. Let's do it again sometime. Definitely. Whenever. Definitely. Tomorrow. Yeah. No. Tomorrow. <laughs> Next time you got a moment. You've got a gig tomorrow, don't you? Yeah, so um, no, really good. I'll really bring good in Vukta, my friend. Hey? I'll bring in Vukta. Yes, we need Vukta Vukta from in. Brazil. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. We'll get Vic in and it'll be Top great metal. to hear about uh, some Brazilian of the metal, metal scene in uh, Brazil, plus just, just the music scene in Brazil in general. Mm. And some stories from Brazil. I'm sure he's that got a few. Stories. And Russia, because he toured Russia, there's some stories there. Yeah, too. that'll be cool. Communism. Yeah. Socialism, whatever you want to call it. Cannibalism. Any right. registered cannibals in Russia? I'm not sure. Cannonballs. <laughs> Can those. Cannonballism. <laughs> All right. Pete, lovely talking to you, my friend. Peace Cheers, out. Mate. Catch you soon, brother. Cheers, man.